Hey, dear Tyler, good morning. And how are you doing? I hope you're good. I really, really do hope you're fine. Um, um, thank you for your patience with me. So we're preparing for a live recording for my my music director, brother, David Dam. And we've been up and doing, you can't imagine. So somehow, yesterday when I was meant to release the podcast, I was still, you know, conflicted with what to share. And even as now, as at now, uh, there are like two, there are two thoughts that I have in mind. So what I'll do is that I'll share this one now and then share the other one on Monday. So it would, uh, yeah, I think it would just help me to reconcile the two thoughts, basically, because it's both of them are like really, really impressed in my heart to share. So the, so the topic for today, right, is going to be, I say it's going to be, is walk on water or drown. Walk on water or drown. And uh, the reference for me came from, you know, the story of uh, Jesus walking on water and Peter doing the same. You know, after Jesus had told him that they should go to the other side, he wanted to take out time to pray. And um, so he told the disciples they should go ahead. He would meet them. There was no, like, record in Scripture that there was that maybe the disciples asked Jesus, by what means would you get there? Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's not like the major point of discussion. Now, uh, while, you know, you know the whole story, while they were at sea, right, while they were at sea, storm came, things started going bad, they were just in a whole lot of trouble, as individuals were in a whole lot of trouble. And then, in the midst of the storm, they saw Jesus walking, and Jesus was basically walking past them. I think that's one of the major shocking facts for me, that Jesus was passing by them. Very, you know, I'm sure he saw them. He knew that they were in trouble. He never, he never made a move. And I say this lightly. Um, I say this lightly, and I say it with caution. He never made a move until his name was called. And I think that that's a major, it's a major, it's a major revelation for us that, you know, when people say statements or give statements, you know, or just statement like, you know, God knows, God understands. It's very true, right? But he wants to be involved, but he involved because you invited him. And there are many times that we we know God is aware of our issues. We know God is aware of the problems that we face. Yet we want to show him that we've mastered the art of engaging his principles. So he basically looks and is like, okay, so you want my principles more than my person. Just imagine, like, you want my principles more than my person, so it's fine. And so he stands, you know, and he looks over. But he was walking past them until the disciples actually made mention, called his attention. 
not really his attention. I don't think attention is the um, is the right word, but they called unto him, and you know they're like, "Lord, is that you?" I was like, "Yes, it's me." So I can imagine Jesus just standing while the whole this thing, you know. Um, the whole wind was tossing their boat, and because we were probably at some distance, you get, because they were, it was pretty hard for them to recognize him. So he was probably at some distance. And Peter was like, "Okay, let's make sure, say, Lord, if you are truly the one, then call me out into the water." He said, "Okay, come." All of this period, they never really invited Jesus into the boat. Never really invited him into the boat. So Peter steps on water and starts walking, starts walking towards Jesus, starts living the reality of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he takes his eyes off Jesus and catches a glimpse of the waves and the storm, reminds himself about the situation that he has been or that he was just pulled out from. And all of a sudden, he started to sink. All of a sudden, he started to sink. Now, that's the end of my story here. And that's where... I'm picking up the line of thought that I want to share today. At that moment, there was no going back for Peter. It's like the the regret. Let me let me put it in that perspective. The regret of leaving the boat was inconsequential at that time. There there was no value. There was nothing. It, it, it meant nothing at that time because. The moment he stepped out of that boat to obey Jesus, there was no going back. So it's either, at that point, it's either he finds a way to walk on water again, or he drowns. There's no getting back into the boat. There is no, um, there is no power in the thought or in the concept or in that ideology of, had I known, the deed has been done. And so it's either he finds a way to walk on water or he drowns. Because he was basically sinking. Right? So he was drowning, basically sinking. And, you know, Peter is a probably, you know, good swimmer, being a fisherman. I don't think you would ever be a fisherman and not know how to swim. Because there are certain uneventualities, you know, that come up. There's an incident that could just pop up and may require you to swim for a while, right? Even if it's for a short period of time. So I believe he was a master swimmer. But he was sinking. And so at that point, it's either I die or I find a way to survive. Now, I've come to understand this particular thing about our lives generally. That there are certain times... There are certain periods, there are certain moments, right, in our life where we found ourselves in a situation where there's really no going back, right? There's this uh, terminology that people used back in the day, you're in between the devil and the deep blue sea. I don't want to use that terminology per se, you get, but then there's no going back, there's no restart per se you've been put in that situation it's either you go forward or you 
or you quench and you die. Right? Or whatever dream that you have, it just crumbles up. It's one of the two. It's either you move, you move on, you find a way to survive, or you just crumble. And I can imagine um, Peter, you know, trying, thinking about it like, if I don't get myself out of this situation right now, I'm going to die. And so he probably tried all the techniques that he had learned over time. You know, maybe crouching over, just do whatever he thought would be beneficial to his survival in that situation. He struggled, you know, thought about it and, you know, tried every single principle he did it. And then he went back to his last resort and he said, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And it was like at an instant, Jesus was right there and he held him up and he walked on water twice. And they went back into the boat and then the storm ceased and they were at the other side immediately. And that's like a very, very... Uh, it's a very, very peculiar miracle. But I want us to focus on the moment that Peter was sinking because Jesus was standing there. Maybe not standing right in front of him because um, somehow I feel if he was right in front of him, Peter would have grabbed his leg or something to understand. So I'm sure Jesus was at a certain distance, but Jesus was fully aware of the fact that he was drowning. And nothing was done until his name was called. and was like, Lord, save me. Peter had to choose to want to live and had to come to the understanding that his ability was not going to be able to take him through that particular situation. It, it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of humility to ask God for help. It takes a lot of pride to look at God, the the helper and say that you can do it on your own now Tyler you may find yourself in a situation I'm in a situation presently that I may not have the liberty to talk about but then there's no going back for me right and you know me now definitely one of these days I'll tell you the story but You may find yourself in a situation, Tyler, that, you know, all bridges have been broken. You've been set on a path that it's either you move forward or whatever you were fighting for dies in your hands. And you've got to make that choice. Either you walk on water or you drown. At that point, swimming will not help you. You need something extraordinary you need something supernatural something that puts you above the waves at every point in time and it's something that you have to make a conscious effort on now there are a lot of people that enter into depression and what depression does is that it robs you off of every energy to come out of any situation that is depressing you at that time right so it stops you from speaking it stops you from acting you you find you find a, uh, for the lack of a good term, you find an anguishing comfort, right, in the silence of 
you're reminiscing your pain. That's what depression does. What it does is that it keeps you in a position where you would rather feel the pain and stay there instead of fighting through it. Depression gives you reasons as to why you should not try, why you should not speak, why you should not talk, why you should not act. Yeah. And so you may find yourself in a situation that wants to put you in that place. You've got to fight through it. You've got to fight through it. Uh, many people that have have found themselves in like very very terrible situations. You get maybe life threatening situations. You you hear them say that I, I I chose to live. Like I had to fight the concept of death, and I chose to live. There's this. Um, there's one of these athletes. I don't know if it's Mofar or so. You know, all of these long-distance athletes. And um, they were asking, okay, how does he, you know, go through the whole process? You know, does he train so well? Yeah. It's like, yes, no, that he trains a lot. You know, he puts, make sure that his body is in top shape. All of those things. He said, but then it gets to a point that your legs literally become weary. Like your legs feel feeble, like you want to give up. And he said that from that moment, you stop running with your legs and you start running with your mind. That you tell yourself that you've got to get out of this situation. And you need something higher than any physical strength can provide at that point in time. You need something higher than any physical strength can provide. When you, when you see... Um, I think I've watched a few videos of um, women giving birth and I, I, I salute every woman in this life because that that act alone is... Ah, I cannot even imagine the... Man, it's, it's, it's tough. I can, I can only just imagine the pain. But, like, they based on some scientific um, standard that the pain of childbirth is beyond the threshold of normal human pain. So what makes a woman have that ability to go through it? It's the thought of the promise that is that she's birthing, that beautiful gift that she's birthing. Something else kicks in that is beyond any physical strength because if that lady were subjected to that pain, on a normal circumstance, there's a high tendency that she would give up. But then something else kicks in. Something else kicks in. Tyler, you've got to find every single way to survive. You've got to find every single way to survive. Uh, are you, you know, did, did you engage in a certain endeavor, you know, maybe business or something? And it just crumbled in your eyes. You've got to find a way to survive. Were you planning for something and it didn't go the way you wanted it to be? And you're now in a position where you are alone, you're afraid, you are, you are, you know, just lost. You've got to find a way to survive. You've just got to find a way to survive. There's no, there's no going back. You get, it's not like you could just take 
a step back and say, no, I'd, I'd rather be in the boat. The boat is for our God. Jesus is at the other side. You're in the middle of the sea. It's either you survive or you drown. And like I said, at that point, your skill will take you nowhere. You need something higher than whatever you've been engaging in. And this is the part where God comes in for us. Remember I said something that it's great humility to look upon the one that can help and cry out for help. And it's enormous pride to look upon the one that can help and say that you would rather do things yourself. You know, I think one of the challenges that we've had generally and okay uh, let let me speak for myself and um for those of us that are listening maybe some of us that can attest to it we may we may we may have like similar um perception do you get one of the challenges that i have had over time is the need to impress the need to impress where your ability to perform well gives you a certain commendation it grants you a certain level of acceptance do you get so um my dad an amazing amazing man amazing amazing man he he was serious workaholic and he still is and so we really didn't get you know times to have father son talks father son discussions most of the discussions that we have are get towards our future you know and get towards um sustaining the family um he's a very very family conscious man get yeah, so he wants to make sure that everything is going well everything works fine now he um I noticed that one of the things that brought him joy and pleasure was seeing us do well in school particularly right and I could understand as to why that was of importance to him because he 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 really grew up in a terrible situation and he saw what um education he saw the opportunity education gave to him so the opportunity education gave to him so it was a lot um it 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 you know it was just like a big deal it's a big deal to him and so for me doing academically well was a way of having those um i made daddy proud moments right i made daddy proud moments and i think it got to a point that i tried too hard i tried too hard um because i was not able to do that i judged his um i judged his reaction of like okay Binga is not performing well in school i judged his reaction as an indication of how he felt about me like maybe he felt like i was not good or something do you understand now So I kept on trying to do things that would make him impressed and maybe make him change his my presumed perception that he had of me. Do you understand? And it kept me struggling. Now I carried that same notion into my relationship with God where there are times where you need the hand of God. I just look at God and I'm like, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to fix it. You have given me, you have invested so much in me. I'm going to fix it." And he's like, for crying out loud the situation that you're in needs a supernatural hand why are you making yourself suffer now i think 
You know, a lot of times you'll be like, no, I want to show God that I'm not wasting his grace and everything. And that's just pride. His hands are stretched forth towards you. And he's saying, hey, Tyler, come on. Just call me. I will be there. Call me. I will be there. Like, at an instance, Tyler. But no, Bingai is macho and trying to do everything himself so that God would say, have you considered my servant, Binga? And, you know, where, where, where God says, you know, through the writer of Hebrews in 4.16, Hebrews 4.16 says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain grace and mercy, you know, in time of need. He knows that we need it, but it's about our boldness, you know, coming before him or calling him into that situation. You see, it's very important that in your quest for survival, you need to understand that you need an anchor. You need somebody to hold your hand, Tyler. You need somebody to hold your hand. I can almost assure you that whatever put you in that situation where you're sinking was because you relied on your own strength. So what gives us the impression that our own strength to be able to take us to that situation? Just, you know, just crumble up and at his feet and give up and say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your help. I'm in a crazy situation. I can't go back to the safety of the of 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 my of my past. Do you understand? Because at that point, trust me, your past looks like a safe option. But I can't go back to the safety of my past. At this moment I can't move. Everything that I've known how to do seems to be futile at this point. So, Lord, can you help me? Please, Lord, help me. Come through for me. And at that moment, you begin to experience the supernatural hand of God. He begins to raise you above the storm. And then he takes you back into that boat. Right? Takes you back into that boat. So you get to live the experience of his supernatural hand. And then he takes you back into that boat where the rest of your the people connected to you are and he brings people out of that situation but the reason why he's able to bring help or come with help you know or bring a solution to that issue is because you invited him into the boat you invited him into the boat remember he could have always passed by but you invited him into the boat So this is my admonition to us, Tyler, this morning. Don't allow any situation get you down that you do not have the ability to speak up and ask God for help. Every dream and every destiny, every vision that God has placed inside of you is precious, Tyler. It is precious, Tyler. It is precious, Tyler. And so you've got to fight for it. You've got to fight for it. You've got to want it so bad. You've got to want it so bad that no challenge would be able to stop you from reaching that goal or target no matter what it is. No matter what it is. Ask God for a new beginning. Ask God for help no matter what it is, Tyler. But then remember that never ever choose the principles of the Lord above the person. Let it be that he gives you his principles because you've encountered his person. Not that you use his principles to prove 
that you've understood him or that you have it all figured out. Last, last, we don't have it all figured out. And that's why we need him. Is that okay? So can we pray together? Lord, thank you because you are always around us, always near us, always, you know, just reaching out to us. Your hands, oh God, are outstretched to help us whenever we need the help. Help us, Father, to let go of the pride of saying, yes, Lord, that I did it. And help us, oh God, to cling, oh God, to your grace and mercy. We can't do this without you. No matter how much we want to try, the situation that we are in is really, really dire. It's life-threatening, it's breaking, and sometimes, Lord, it's depressing. And so, Lord, we cry out to you. We cry out, Jesus, have mercy, Jesus, come and save us. And Father, I also pray for anybody that may be going through any difficult situation that they've got no clue of how to come out of it. Lord, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would come through for them. You would come through for them. You would come through for them. Is it a family issue? Come through for them. Is it relational? Is it business work? Is it monetary? Whatever it is, Lord, Father, I pray, O God, that you will come through for them. Let us experience, O God, that supernatural hand. Lift us above the water. Take us back into the boat of destiny and bring us to the other side. Thank you, Father, because I know and we know that you would never leave us nor forsake us. And thank you, Lord, for understanding how human we can be. Thank you also for promising to not hold it against us. Thank you, Father. Amen. So, thank you, Tyler. I really hope this episode blessed you. Um, please remember to share with your friends, share with people. Um, let everybody just, you know, hear the good news of dear Tyler. Right? I really hope that this blessed you, right? And, you know, on social media, so you can check us out on social media. Instagram, we're at dear underscore Tyler. On Facebook, dear Tyler. Remember, Tyler is T-Y-L-A. And then we're also on, um, you could always email, email us, dear Tyler, um, dear Tyler at gmail.com, right? And we could always talk. And the community is still open for those of us that want to be part of the dear Tyler community. So, um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, remember, I believe in you. Remember, I love you. <laughs> I believe in you. And I'm always rooting for you. Have an awesome day, Tyler. Bye.